0: clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, warmness, and tasteless filth whilst revelling in it. Cinema Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film. When you look at the state of the world around you and you realize how little time you have left to be happy, do you really want to waste that time you have left listening to cinema psyops? I so much I want to see if it's done To become a and I want to see a band, I want to see the off the face of the earth. Yeah, it's amazing but I think parents have to really pay more attention to what these kids are listening to.
1: consecutive week of cinema psyops this episode represents 370 consecutive weeks of both myself
2: your host court and my co-host matt's life what what are we doing who are we where are we at
1: (laughs) we are five episodes away from a full franchise fest which is bound to be even nastier than this episode my dude
2: really jesus christ (laughs)
1: <laughs> there's been some movies that I've been pushing off and pushing off and pushing off and, and just kind of waiting to do and not not wanting to dip my toes into stuff that's too nasty because you were having a real rough time of it when we had a go of a lot of those films that, that had that kind of content in it. So I was being nice and I was feeding you jellos and I was feeding you all these other movies to kind of build you back up and make you confident again and make you feel good. And then I dropped something like Siege on you which has a whole lot of socio political stuff that means way more today than it ever did when it was made in 1982, 83.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, uh, this says uh, a lot of things that you see from a lot of jackasses in the world, for sure.
1: Yeah, there's some heavy shit to talk about in this film. I don't think when they made it, I think they were determining to try and make it as prescient as possible. I, yeah, they were inspired by real life events that were happening at the time. There was an actual police strike in Halifax that this movie was inspired by. That actu- wow, it actually Good for them, I guess. It actually contains this film. Actually, contains the only existing news footage of the actual 1981 Halifax police strike. Damn. Yeah. So they, they are I, now how much of this is inspired by events that took place during that police strike. I don't know, but I feel like the thing that this film is trying to tell us is pretty much right on par with what we feel about the police on this show nowadays.
2: Yeah, definitely. At the very end, it kind of lets you know what the hell's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really kind of odd to discuss this film like this because it's clearly, you know, a uh Assault on Precinct 13 kind of variation on a the theme. Then the name of this version of it is Siege, but it was also released as self-defense. Yeah. Uh elsewhere and things like that. But I mean, this is a quote unquote siege movie that did just so much so that they just titled it that apparently for they just this named it release. Siege. Yeah, they're like, This is the vein of movie, the here you go. And there's some really great films that are made this way, uh that are done with this sort of like, you know, crazy folks, sociopaths, uh, blood-sick gang members, whatever, like including yeah. Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, that's kind of the one that I think of the most when it comes to this kind of stuff, particularly anything like in like right, right around the 80s time frame when these kinds of films were coming out. Assault on Precinct 13 was John Carpenter's in the late 70s, and it really did kind of help catapult his career. I know Halloween is the thing that put him on the map for everything, but Assault on Precinct 13 is the thing that got him the ability to get the money to make Halloween <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah and it's it's the exact same kind of movie in that for whatever reason a blood feud gets set out upon this slowly dying and closing police station and like multiple gangs that come together to take them out. <laughs> basically and it's sort of the same thing a guy goes fleeing into the police station to try and save his life because he killed a bunch of gang members that were responsible for the death of his daughter with a stray bullet and do you see the similarity in plot only it's the sole survivor of a slaughter at a gay bar yes yeah okay and I'm not saying that as a negative towards siege at all and the information that I gave out there is not really a spoiler because it's in the description of the movie for fuck's sakes yeah
2: (laughs) so hey listen man you know what you're in for with this movie All right. there's no hiding
1: it right now I don't really think john carpenter was i mean john carpenter does put social messages in a lot of his films absolutely and in assault on precinct 13 he did have some things to say but i don't think that he went as indictful as what this film ends up actually fully doing yeah and i just want to kind of frame that before we do this discussion you know
2: right I'm like I don't know, man. This seems like tilt, you know, weird area we're all in right now. So yeah, <laughs> tread lightly.
1: It's uh, in this time frame for sure. It is an uncomfortable thing to discuss. Yes, yeah. and the reason that I wanted to bring up the stuff that we're talking about, and there is a very serious, heavy message in that. Is whatever the message that may have been an insult on, on precinct 13, which is similar to this. The message that's in this, whether they meant it to or not, became unbelievably timeless and super prescient for the time that we're living in now. And it takes place on. And events that were inspired by an actual police strike that took place in Halifax, Nova Scotia, where it was shot, and wow. the apartment building it takes place in. One last thing I wanted to state is the actual apartment building the filmmakers lived in,
2: <laughs> right?
1: So we're kind of seeing a snapshot of their life and these times in the
2: '80s. Okay, which of, of the of these olden days,
1: right? Which shows us that as much as things have changed, they're still exactly the same nowadays as well. And when we get into that, we'll we'll obviously talk about it. But this is going to be a heavy episode is what I'm trying to warn everybody because there's stuff here that we can't just pretend like it doesn't happen or didn't happen.
2: We're we're getting to a long story short too late situation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I just wanted to give everybody warnings. And the last thing is, there's definitely a shit ton of homophobic slurs in this film. So that may be possibly yeah, trigger a
2: trigger warning. Right. If you yeah. try to watch this. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And if you're doing the thing where you listen to the part of the episode before you watch it, like some folks do that and then they watch the film and they're going to come back for the review or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if you're going to be doing that, just be wary of it. And obviously, we are going to keep those slurs out of this show as best we can. Hence why Matt had very few clips.
2: Yeah, I only had three clips. Trust me there's there's no slurs in here so awesome you won't hear them on this show
1: right we're not but we will mention that where they are taking place so let's stop talking around the film and the discomfort that we're feeling about trying to talk about this film and let's just talk about the film right right (laughs) so in honor of the very white nationalist asshole fucking sociopathic homophobes that are the bad guys in this film up first for the music on the pirate radio edit this week is Nazi punks fuck off by the dead Kennedys (laughs)
2: Hey everyone, this is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcasts. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion
3: Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there.
4: I didn't see it. you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said Quiet! Back to the cutting room.
1: Dead Kennedys with the entirety of the song of Nazi punks fuck off. Gotta love a song that when you get down to the meat and potatoes of it is under a minute.
2: Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's not bad at all. And it's got a really great message
1: in that all Nazis, not just the punks, need to fuck off.
2: Yeah, all, all Nazis really should fuck off. <laughs> you
1: have an appointment with daisies to be pushed up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can y'all just die already?
1: <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Let's uh, get into Siege and deal with those Nazi punks that need to fuck off.
2: Alright, Siege first uh 20 minutes here uh we are in uh halifax nova scotia it's may 29th 1981 the streets look all sorts of fucked up how do we know and that it's Halifax guy... in
1: 1981 how do we know this
2: yeah oh the movie tells us it's really nice <laughs> big ber- big words it's great <laughs> just uh, pops you feel right up really on good screen. about yourself
1: yeah yeah it, l- it lets you know where you are right away
2: it, it lets you know where you stand um
1: i love that bit and i'm glad i got to bring it back yeah <laughs>
2: So, uh, as this guy gives a paper from a destroyed newspaper, uh, 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 container, he's kind of reading, he sees some kids, uh, pushing a, uh, 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 a car and he's like, well, need any help? And they're like, yeah. So he's pushing the car and he's like, where are we going around the block? Then all of a sudden a guy starts running up going, Hey, that's, that's my car. And the kids run off and the guy's getting ready to blame the guy who was just helping. He's like, Hey, man, I, I didn't know, you know, I, try to talk to him he wouldn't even by the yeah,
1: he wouldn't even let the guy talk at all like yeah he just was so angry and threatening him he didn't yeah. even give him a chance to explain i just saw kids pushing a car and i thought they needed help i had no idea
2: yeah, uh, right before anything can happen, uh, the car rolls away though and, uh, locks into, uh, a whole nother, uh, uh, it locks into a whole nother fucking, uh, car. And the guy's like, hey, maybe we should, uh, you know, call someone, uh, cause, you know, uh, we should probably wait for the police. And the guy goes, fuck off and, he gets in his car and drives away. Uh So he's like, ha, that's funny. The
1: cost of having to pay the insurance of the car that his car hit yeah. scared him more than trying to deal with the police because of his car being stolen.
2: Exactly. Um... So anyway, uh, as everyone's having fun now, uh, we cut to this guy. He's working on setting up a perimeter around his house with barbed wire uh, with a no trespassing sign, so you can tell he's probably a real fucking joy to be around. Uh, His wife's like, hey, I made some sandwiches, because she's being just super nice to him yeah and he's Uh, not
1: putting up this razor wire barbed wire shit in like the middle of nowhere in the country he's in a regular fucking neighborhood and he is circling the perimeter of his home with barbed wire with signs that say no trespassing
2: yeah right and there are ordinances
1: against that the only reason he can do this right now is there are no police to stop him
2: yeah so while all this is now happening and no one's really feeling all that great. Uh, his wife comes out because she made him some sandwiches, being a nice lady, and he gets all pissy that he doesn't want sandwiches. She's like, "Oh, but you know, I, I cut off the crust for you because uh, apparently he's a fucking baby." And you know, he's just because like, he doesn't
1: like crust doesn't mean that he's a baby. He is a fucking yeah. baby. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but just because he doesn't like crust doesn't mean he's a baby.
2: Anyway, he comes up and you know eats one of the sandwiches, and then he gets pissed because he's like, "Uh, did you put margarine in here?" and she's like yeah and while she doesn't really say anything she's just like she won't even look at him and he's all pissed off then he goes what about the kids they eat this kind of like you know what the fuck are we even supposed to be caring about well no what he's
1: what he's pissed about is that the kids might have eaten the butter because there was butter this morning and he didn't get any butter because the kids ate all the butter that's what he's pissed about
2: oh i i see i thought it's because he's he was mad' cause the kids ain't margarine, like he was some sort of psycho, no, I mean he is, yeah, but
1: no, he's going psycho because he didn't yeah. his kids didn't sacrifice so that he could have butter today,
2: well anyway, he goes downstairs and uh works on some shit way well, watches t v We understand that there is a police. Uh, uh uh on strike the st- cops are on strike so there's no cops right now the first night of this saw some you know unrest in the area but nothing too bad but cops some cops are worried uh that this could cause a major dangerous situation i'm gonna stockpile all my guns because cops don't what help. The hell you? with the police yeah well, there you go buddy his buddy comes over and his wife doesn't want him to leave she doesn't want him to hang out with these guys because they're not good he gets all pissy and like a baby destroys all her pottery and then when she falls down crying, he goes, "I'll see you later," and then he leaves because he's a big dick. What? And we're not to like him.
1: Well, yeah, pretty much. When you see him wrapping metal around the end of the stick, you know what he's making. Yeah. And there's a special name for that kind of stick that I've heard before that I will not repeat. Uh depending upon what it is, pick your favorite slur and then add right. the word "knocker" in front of it.
2: Yeah. That's Ugh.
1: yeah. That's basically what that thing was supposed to be because it's just literally designed to crack a skull because it's just a piece of metal just big enough to hit somebody on the head with it and do even more damage or wherever you hit with just the metal
2: terrible well he and his buddies meet up and they are going to this bar which is an obvious gay bar they come in and they say they are the new order and they're going to change things now
1: in between all the homophobic slurs yes they do say that
2: yes with all the slurs that you could possibly think they give them a ton of shit Uh, the bar owner gets mad and brings out a gun, but before he can shoot any of them, somebody knocks it out of his hand. They beat the living crap out of him, and then he falls off a table and on top of a, bo- a broken bottle, and this kills him.
1: It's important to note sorts- that they were threatening to sodomize him with a yeah. weapon of some sort before he with falls a, off the table. on like a broken pipe bottle. or
2: a bat. But yeah something like that
1: yeah so these guys are absolutely horrible and working through some self-loathing bullshit apparently yeah yeah to be doing this shit. so just yeah, wanted just to point seems, that out uh,
2: seems pretty bad yeah it uh, doesn't get it much seems more like, Seems like uh some people yeah you know if if you're that concerned about what another group's doing that doesn't affect you at all kind of tells me you're mad at all the freedom they have <laughs> and the bravery to be who they are unlike you
1: especially if you're going to go so far as to victimize somebody with a pipe to basically rape them but without having to do it yourself because yeah. you know you don't want to be quote unquote gay i guess and that's so, why you're doing it and you're sexually assaulting the person still to have power over them you very clearly have some very deep issues besides your homophobia to deal with. You yeah. self-loathing bastard. Get yeah, some it's, fucking it's, therapy.
2: It's, that's got to be pretty fucking bad.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're clearly sociopaths who just want to hurt people and are using the fact that this is a gay bar as an excuse. But they also are so filled with such vitriol and hate that it seems like a special kind of nationalistic bullshit. Like, yeah, Christi- right? they, they're acting like Christian nationalists,
2: essentially. They very much are. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, This is exactly a Christian nationalist wish they could act. Uh, and not be in trouble for it.
1: Okay, I'm done. I just I wanted to point that out. I needed to get that right. out about that sequence. We had to deal with it in some of the themes that are going on with that and what's prescient for nowadays.
2: So then they are all freaking out. So they call the big boss over. He's checking everything out and he goes, "All right, well, we'll, we'll just have to take care of everybody." And he starts shooting people in the head. uh It's weird. The gun has a silencer, and yet he uses a pillow to also silence it. Anyway, shooting <laughs> everyone.
1: And I yeah, just the mechanics yeah. of silencers and all of that. This. Film- is also guilty of this but stuffing a gun into a pillow does work to help muffle the sound so that it doesn't echo everywhere a little bit yes Yeah. shooting through a pillow with the type of gun um, that it, like you could use a silencer on like for instance a revolver the gas is going to escape out the backs and sides because of the design of the wheel and it can so it's a revolver is always going to be loud unless you also wrap a towel around it and shoot through a pillow like you'll see guys yeah. sh- like wrap towels around in like the old timey movies but a gun that has a mechanism that kicks back to reload like you know uh, the 1911 Colts and above, like Beretta's, all those kinds of guns that we see nowadays, like that are usually like 9 to 16 shots, depending upon how they set them up. Mm.
2: If they have a ki- I have no idea. If they have a, I don't know anything if, about guns. Yeah,
1: if they have a kickback mechanism to fire, like you see where it slides back and then forward, then it can usually have a silencer that will pretty much work. But here's the thing about silencers. They take it from like, say, 180 to 200 decibels, depending upon how loud the gun actually is, down to like 100 to 130 decibels. They're noise suppressors. They don't actually silence at all. And firing through a pillow would help a little bit as well, but it's still going to be loud as fuck. So, the thing that you always see in movies where gunshots go off and it's like, pew, 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 and it's like super, super quiet little pops, not the case at all. They're all super loud. It just takes it down just enough decibels to where you almost think, you know, maybe a transformer exploded seven times. <laughs>
2: All right <laughs> <laughs> that was that was gun knowledge, apparently the the new podcast with court saya
1: <laughs> sorry, yes, I'm a little stoned, but on Delta eight, but um also, I just want to point that out because i'm I say that a lot, but I wanted to explain why you know noise suppressors don't work the way that they're shown in movies. You
2: yeah. know. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. And, so anyway, um, the dude, one dude escapes, he gets away, uh, he runs out of the building and by the way, through all that, that's the end of the first 20 minutes.
1: Well, um, my symposium on uh, noise suppressors and how they function, that's basically what I was going to do at the 20 minutes anyway, so we can move on.
2: Alright. Next 20 minutes, starts a, a guy, uh, the guy's running uh, through the city, they're chasing him, uh, he gets into a building, he kind of loses him, he actually hides in a bathroom, it, but he opens up a window so they think he walked out the window while they're in that same bathroom <laughs> while one guy is whining how the big you know the big bad guy is gonna kill him that guy slips out of the window but they hear the window slam shut and they follow him um then we cut to the dude from the beginning of the movie he's cooking some burgers in his apartment uh, he's got a lady friend over and then two other friends who are both blind who apparently are visiting from the school of the blind he gets a phone call and the school wants them to come back and the lady's like, okay, oh yeah and she goes, Hey, give me a cigarette and they kinda of fight over how many cigarettes she should be having. I think it's only because they only have so many left. And uh she kinda of has you know, she she really kinda of gets mad at him, so he gives her the cigarette. I think it was anyway, more or less one of the blind he's guys says, I
1: think it was more or less he's concerned about her health because she clearly smokes way too much. And I mean all- she
2: only had four cigarettes that day. That's fucking that's light it's some light-ass shit
1: but also yes they're Fact very when
2: i was smoking that's some light-ass shit
1: yeah you were pretty heavily addicted to cigarettes i've seen you finish a cigarette and use the very last puff of it The cherry that's still going to immediately light a second one
2: that's that's uh, yeah when i was drunk yeah and smoking that's when that <laughs> happened i can never do that sober
1: and well you have done that sober when we were working at the
2: <laughs> oh okay well yeah that i would do because we were right that, at the call center two or three cigarettes a 15-minute break right right just to survive yeah when
1: you're trying to to get the breakthrough. You're trying to get as much cigarette in you before your break ends. I've seen you do that one right after the
2: other like that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No reason to waste your butane in your lighter. Just... It's called being conservative,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and that was years and years ago when you were a kid and and your lungs were better.
2: When I was very young. Now I'm I'm much, I'm much healthier now.
1: Yeah, I also wanted to point out, like, I feel like he's sort of almost like a leftist activist because he's always trying to like help people and make his community better, and he's doing like a lot of direct action kind of stuff. So when these fascists come to the door, he almost recognizes the situation automatically and switches into like Antifa hero. Do you get that sensation too? I
2: get it. Yeah. I think he senses... Who's the victim and who's not in this? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And, and like him and his buddy are actually like prepared for war. Like they've been reading the anarchist cookbook on a daily basis for fun. Like,
2: well, not so much him, but his buddy definitely is more prepared uh for anything. So,
1: <laughs> right. But the other guy is like Mr. Man of Action and figures out a way to make it work too. Yeah. You know, like our main character that we're about to be introduced to. I just, the one that's complaining about all the smoking, but they're also taking care of these guys that are in the school for the blind. They're getting a mountain like hanging out with. Them And, you know, they're clearly friends and they've been working with them in some way, shape or form. It just feels like there's some kind of a movement coming out of this apartment building, just the way that it's set up. You know what I mean? Whether they meant yeah. it to be that way or not, it feels like that. And Okay, I'm done.
2: All right. Well, anyway, uh, we see this dude who's being chased. He runs into the building. Um, he runs into our main characters here. Uh, the guys, they get there and they're like, Hey, he's actually like an escape mental patient. And they're cutting. He's like, No, they're lying. They're going to kill me. And he's like, Nah, you know, I don't think so. And the guys try to bum rush in. So they push him out and they lock the door, but then they kind of break through again. But then that kid gives him a rifle and they point the rifle at the guys. So the guys, Then take off and they're like, this ain't over. And like, whatever. And they close and relock the door. Um. Uh, as the guys are leaving, they're going to watch the building and call the boss. So uh, the kid who gave the rifle, we see he kind of moves from building to building. This building is, well, it is one building. It's separated by two different entrances. Uh, And you can't go in between two buildings except for the roof. So the kid's using the roof because his side of the building's on the other side. He also has a little perch up there where he can check some shit out. Um, The lady tries to call the cops, but of course there's no cops. So they're kind of, everyone kind of freaking out um the guy calls his boss and uh they are all watching the building and that is our first clip
3: how many of them were at the crypt
2: eight did they all follow you I think so only five of
0: them followed you five eight i it, it, it seemed like more when he was being chased i counted five pairs of footsteps
2: yeah i heard five feet
0: ten feet
3: five people
2: Oh, yeah, five people, that's what it sounded like,
3: yeah. I think we should be prepared for a return visit.
0: Any sign of them? I
3: can't see anything. That's the building over there. Nobody else lives around here.
0: That's right, this used to be my district. I know pretty well. When did the first people arrive? Not till 5.30. Telephone operators change then, and after that it's busy. We should have enough time to take care of this problem by then. They're in the back. Said they had a rifle. Yeah, Korean
3: War 303, I think. You'll be point man. Point? Point man goes in first. I don't have enough experience. Point men are usually the least experienced.
1: All right, I'm glad you chose that as your clip or one of your clips because there are some very telling yeah dialogue going on between these guys to where if you kind of know your brand of fascist you can know that this particular group of people who are apt to burn crosses are also the type that work forces yes and if you don't know what well, that means i'm talking about the kkk is the police basically
2: yeah yeah i mean that's how they were started so <laughs> great i guess uh and
1: they're definitely infiltrated all to the fucking kills with white supremacists and nationalists yes. of all sorts including Christian nationalists
2: and by the way that's the end of that 20 minutes
1: Okay, okay so these guys are these these homophobic fucking sociopathic asshats are very clearly police Yes. It's obvious in that clip, if you didn't get it before and you were watching it and you didn't hear it in their voices, they know when the operators change. They know what's going on, not only with the police strike, but the inner workings of the city when things are supposed to be working. And they know how much time they have to basically murder everybody in this building and get away with it before anyone will respond.
2: And I don't know if they're all cops, but at least like the head guys are cops because like a uh, whiny bitch who's on there and um the guy from the very beginning, who's almost probably beating his wife. Uh I don't, uh, he's too sloppy. And the other guy's too whiny. I don't think those two are cops. They're just two guys who joined this club who want to feel powerful or Whatever, these are fucking cowards. I think he's, so, but I, think I do believe cop, the guy who's yeah. like, I know this is my route, no, I, who ends up being the team sniper, he's definitely yeah. a cop, and I believe the leader guy is definitely a cop.
1: The other guys, I do believe are cops as well, but I think they're like rookie patrolman types that have been recruited no. or were already a number.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so because one guy is so obnoxiously fat that there's no way. <laughs> I think I get. I think the leadership is cops and i think these other guys the reason they're so sloppy and terrible at it is cuz they're not
1: the guy that has the board with the metal wrapped around it i think is a, at least a patrolman that guy but some of the other guys i will agree with you yes the rather portly gentleman definitely couldn't have been a cop in the time because i don't think he would have passed the physical parts no. required for that job particularly for a beat cop you know
2: <laughs> and i think that's supposed to be like the message these people all are from all walks of life not only can they be cops but they can be your just your regular neighbor or uh, a trucker are uh-huh. A guy who just works in the office next to you. That's supposed to be the whole point.
1: But they are definitely being led by and... They're being led by
2: two officers.
1: At yeah. least two officers, yes. They're they are not only sanctioned by the police, they're being pretty much directed in their action by the police too. Yes. <laughs> they are basically just the pawns. Yeah, a lot of the guys that have to go in first, they are definitely pawns. But yeah. I still think the guy, because he basically did all that thrashing stuff to like abuse his wife, I'm pretty sure that guy's a cop too, because he sure acts like one.
2: Yeah, I mean, with that kind of stuff, Yeah, but he's so sloppy. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll see. It's
1: the early 80s, dude, and he's a white guy in a city. He could get away with being a sloppy cop. You're thinking of it in nowadays terms. When he would get busted, he probably could have gotten away with being a dirty cop for a long time in this time frame in the 80s. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. That's why I think he's a cop. That and just because I hate him so much, he might as well just be one. (laughs) You're
2: just like, fuck it. He's a cop.
1: (laughs) We can move on. Listen to me, Matt. We can move on. I'm
2: fine. All right. Uh... <coughs> Let's see here. So the next 20 starts uh, with uh, the guy on the uh, roof. He's the sniper. He's the guy who's like, who knows this route? Uh, and he has a night scope on it. So you know he's he's got something going on. Everyone inside the building, they're all kind of freaking out. The lady and one of the blind guys both both want to leave. But everyone's kind of like, we don't know what's going on out there. And they're like, no, I, I'm sure they're gone. And they're like, I wouldn't leave. I, ju- I just wouldn't. Um, then uh, the one kid, like I said, He's going from building to building through the roof. Uh again, there's more infighting in the building about whether or not to leave. Uh the kid also gives the main good guy a bow and some arrows. Um
1: a bow and one arrow.
2: Yeah, bow, one arrow.
1: Yeah, they're trying to make the stakes be super high for them so that when they actually start to come out on top, you like can really cheer them on because they're kicking a lot of ass. That's what they're doing.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the blind guys, he decides to leave as he's coming out. Um then he's deciding to leave. Well, that one guy who's kind of the, probably the wife beater, he tells the group, he goes, hey, sorry for intruding earlier. Uh This guy is your problem. But I mean that. He is your problem. and He's going to be your problem until tomorrow morning. Good night. Trying to make them seem like they do work for the hospitals and saying, hey, listen, we're leaving. Somebody will come tomorrow morning to pick him up. And... Then trying to make them think, you know, they're leaving. And so, uh, uh, so then the, the blind guy, he decides to leave. He comes out of the building and they are all there with guns and silencers and they blow him to smithereens and then grab him and toss him in the river.
1: Real unceremoniously. And just basically arguing over who has to shift the weight. They don't even care that they murdered a person at all.
2: Well, the the fact, most of them are like arguing who got the kill shot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're bragging about it. Yes.
2: Yes. All right, so um, then uh, one of the blind guy, he's listening, and he says he can hear a guy on the telephone pole and on the roof. So uh, the woman warns the rest of them that's happening. As the kid is almost going up onto the roof, the guy grabs him. The guy on the roof, the sniper's firing at him, thinks he, he got the kid, but misses the kid. So then uh, the boss is like, all right, they know we're here. It's time to move in. And uh, So our group gets together and they talk And that is our next clip choices. We hold out until morning Or we try and get out of here somehow
0: I still think we should try and leave
3: Join Steve Here, saw this here We've got to be ready These guys are going to come in after us He's right You still think I'm on the other side
0: that's it. We gotta draw him into your side, then we get him through the cabinet. All right. What do we got to defend ourselves with? We've
3: got the 303, but just two bullets, hollow point. Great.
0: Didn't you have a whole box? Chester shot him at the police station the first night of the strike.
3: Oh, Chester. Yeah, and we can make a flamethrower like you used to do out of the right guard. And we got the honey we You got one arrow. And... a rocket.
0: It says here it's a model rocket engine.
3: It's a model rocket engine with real plastic explosive for the warhead. I got that for my diving job. Anyway, the warhead explodes when the engine burns out. It's like a rocket grenade. that screws in the nails with a shrapnel. Oh, man. This is crazy.
1: Chester's a fucking psychopath and a badass all at once.
2: Right. <laughs> he's nice. I just love
1: that bit where uh, he's like he, yeah, Chester shot up the whole like a whole box full of shells at the police station during the first night of the strike. <laughs> oh well (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what's more leftist than fucking chester right now (laughs)
2: scamp (laughs) so anyway scamp chester that lovable scamp chester so uh the, uh, then they, uh, the group outside tear gas is the building. Uh, there's a lot of shooting happening, but the group gets mass and they can take cover. Uh, the guys see the mass and they're all kind of pissed off. They're like, ah, oh, why, why, why They all have mass? That sucks. <laughs> Chester's
1: uh, the kind of neighbor you need in a situation like this.
2: He really is. <laughs> um, so, uh. The kid then sets up traps. Chester goes all home home alone here and builds a lot of traps, gets a lot of the missile ready, gets shit ready. uh, I would submit to you that this was
1: first, so he is going all siege and home alone went all siege
2: yeah right so uh but the kid's pretty much being uh uh chucky here's being kevin McAllister. so uh the uh the group uh, gets ready the bad group gets ready to uh bust into the building there's more shooting uh then they decide the order in which to enter uh and of course whiny guy is going in first because you could already tell none of them really care for whiny guy um they're just basically hoping he gets shot yeah yeah the kid says whoever touches the doorknob into one of the buildings Die because he soaked the floor, and they'll they'll be electrocuted. I
1: love how they even show him adding salt to the water to make sure it has more conductivity to it. Like, yeah, right. He's not fucking around. He puts in a ton of salt. He mixes it up. He soaks both side of the mat to make sure that the water is going through for the conductivity. They basically show you how to rig a door to electrocute someone to death, like, and how to do it proper.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a
1: little scary just how accurate it is, actually.
2: Yeah, right. No shit. The lady she sees a guy getting ready to enter. She's using a mirror. She sees the guys getting ready to enter the other side of the building because they think Chester's over there and Chester's making more bombs while also building this missile. And that's the end of that 20 minutes before we go into the final third.
1: Things ratchet up awfully quick. And I love how nobody that's in this building, even it was never even a question that they were going to give up this poor gentleman just because those guys wanted to kill him, like never even crossed any of their minds. Yeah, right. Because like the only time that the one guy does say it, the main lead guy that's like talking about not giving his lady cigarettes the only time that he even sort of mentions like what just give him the guy you know is in a way of saying like is that what you're saying that we should just give him up like he's like disappointed that one of the other people even suggested it that way you know and like yeah, Chester, yeah, right. Chester never even thinks twice about it it's never it's not anything about survival of the fittest it's this person does not deserve the bullshit that these guys are gonna do and they he is also a witness to some horrible shit that these fuckers did and we need to protect him like that's just they just go right into it you know what I mean like and that's yeah. one of the smallest little pieces of hope that you can get in this film because it gets real fucking bleak real fucking fast and it doesn't matter how far you know on the side of everything is okay now you think you are in this film it's gonna just kick you into the genitals and it's not gonna remove its foot right it's just gonna leave it there and grind it a little bit and then it's gonna turn into a stomping motion and that's where we're at right now in the next couple of minutes
2: What? Let's get going to the final 30 because this is where it's going to get ramped up a bit.
1: Yeah. For like an 84-ish minute film, this thing just fucking goes. There's not yeah, right? there, there's not a moment that you even catch your breath. Even
2: when our I can hero- already tell we've talked, there's been more to talk about this movie. We're 47 minutes in, We're <laughs> at this point at last week, we were in the final, like 20 minutes, final 30 minutes. I think we're at like 25 minutes, 30 minutes in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, so it's the way that the film is actually going and the way that it's set up, it moves really, really quickly and it never lets up. And the only time that even our characters that we're rooting for that are in the apartment trying to fight off these fucking Christian nationalist dudes. Yeah. yeah, uh, (laughs) The only, the only like reason that we get any kind of time where we can kind of catch our breath is while they're making other weapons to defend themselves because they know that the next wave is coming at any minute, you know, and they have, yeah, they just, they're like a well-oiled machine, man. Like they know how to work together using the mirrors and everything. And these guys have clearly somehow been trained or have some kind of manner of being able to fight off these fascist dicks. That's why I was, like, saying Antifa, basically about them. Because there's there's no other way that it makes sense that the, the guy would have all these stockpile of weapons and immediately be going into direct action against fascists as soon as they pop up, right?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that makes this movie, like, really interesting to discuss n- And nowadays when the right is trying to use the term Antifa as a description of someone doing something wrong. When anyone who watches this film that is not a homophobic piece of shit, would think that these folks that are going against fascists are doing the right thing.
2: Yeah, just seems. Really weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, we should move on. Otherwise, I'm going to keep digging in and digging into the socio political subtext of this film
2: that may yeah, or may not you're, be there. You're really going to go like <laughs> real deep into it. I know. It
1: just it feels like it's fucking there, though, right? Like I'm not yeah. crazy,
2: right? No, you're not. It's just it's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it can't be unintentional. And if it if it is, then this guy just backed into explaining the difference between Antifa and fascists so beautifully, and like how this actually should work. Yeah, right. You know, so well without even trying. It's like just how well Dolly Parton nailed the idea of of socialism with nine to five.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Cause we're working nine to five. What up? Okay, you can
1: stop singing and let's move on to the final thirty for real this All time. Alright.
2: You guys they start making their way in. Blind guy is listening. Uh, Daniel, the guy who's been running from the guys, he uses a bl- uh, a backpack and puts up in the roof. And so the sniper starts shooting it. Well, of course, that shows Chester where to launch his missile. He launches it, blows up above the bad guy. Uh The bad guy calls the roof dude, the main boss. Uh, bad boss man calls the roof dude But he is super fucked up Nails implanted it all over Into his face and everything He's still alive but it ain't good
1: <laughs> He's still alive but he ain't happy About it right now
2: Yeah yeah he ain't It's It's not what he wanted
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's almost in enough pain To where he kinda wants it over with <laughs>
2: yeah it's like um it's probably not the way to go
1: i'd imagine that besides the shrapnel getting blown into his body the concussiveness of that c4 blowing up at him like that because it impacts him and then explodes and blows him across the roof
2: yeah (laughs) right harsh right i'm pretty sure
1: he's got some broken ribs and shit because he has a hard time moving after this
2: oh yeah yeah definitely and you can just tell that, that can't be uh can't be fun maybe maybe you should you know stop being a fucking idiot.
1: A fascist dick. Stop being such a fascist fucking dick, and then maybe people won't explode shrapnel in your face. Yeah, agreed.
2: agreed. <laughs> um, so the guy's get to Chester's place to check it out, but they can't find him. The sniper, we see him, his radio, he tries to pull it out, but it's destroyed, so he can't use it. So he starts pulling out nails that are in his leg, and he bandages himself. Then the bad guys call back to the bad boss man, and that's our final
3: clip. I'm telling you, there's no one up here. Lloyd had somebody pinned down in there. I don't care. We're here, we looked around, and there's no one here but us. It's time to take the other side then. Okay, we'll cross by the roof.
0: No, no, not by the roof.
3: Why, is something the matter with Lloyd? The hell was that bang anyway?
0: Go back down the stairs and up the other side. Is that clear?
3: Okay, okay, it's clear.
0: 3 of them are going down the stairway and and one is in the bathroom.
2: All right. So, uh the um They go to the uh, bathroom and, like, the mirrors on the bathrooms, they they actually, they open the little part of the wall in there, because they're, like, little cabinets. Candyman style. Open up to the other side.
1: Candyman style.
2: Yeah. So they put, like, this little music thing and the guy hears it, and so he opens it up and they shoot an arrow and flamethrow him, and that kills him because they put an arrow right through his neck.
1: The after effect of that of him laying there with an arrow through his neck bleeding out and just kind of staring in disbelief and fear is fucking amazing amazing
2: yeah i'm really happy about it
1: <laughs> the way that the fascists die in this is great
2: yeah yeah i'm i i get very pleased by uh seeing that <laughs> because they should because they're terrible people <laughs> we can move on now i'm happy all right um the guys run in they see their buddy dead they don't know how it happened they're like uh what the what in the damn hell happened here uh <laughs> like uh, how did this happen yeah what's going on this would
1: be confusing your your homie was fine like 10 seconds ago all of a sudden you hear a a big poof and you know he starts gurgling and you run back upstairs to check on him and now he has an arrow through his throat and the rest of the room is perfectly fine and he's a little singed about the face for
2: (laughs) some kind of fire (laughs) big time dead big time dead that's gonna fuck with you man yeah it's it's gonna make you feel like shit and you know good because you're a piece of shit. <laughs>
1: right. Like, how did the arrow get through his neck at such a straight angle? No one knows
2: yet. Yeah, right. Uh, so then the guys decide they're going to go check it out. And then the main guy, he comes. He's still in the bathroom. He's alone. And the guy sees him. So he's going to try to use one of the bullets to shoot him. He fires. The gun jams. And so the main, like, the, the bad guy, the abusive bad guy sees him. And he starts shooting out of there. So they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Two of us are going to go to the building over there. He leaves one at the mirror. If they come back through the bathroom, you know, fucking shoot him and kill him. So that guy's shooting a lot. Uh, As he shoots a lot, Chuck gets hit. uh, Chester gets hit in his hand. uh, So he's kind of hurt. Uh, the two guys go to the other building, uh, and, um, those two get in there and there's kind of been this drunk guy going through and he's, he he might have some issues, but he's like, Hey, you know, it's going to be a nice day. That's all he says to people. Yeah. He's
1: he's got a cat that he's loving on and it's like super sweet too.
2: Yeah. So you think this guy seems nice. He's a trouble.
1: He's a troubled dude who very clearly is just trying to get through life in any way he can and definitely has an alcohol problem.
2: Yes. And they shoot him dead or at least the asshole shoots him dead. And you're like, that is a real dick move. Uh,
1: (laughs) There's nothing more fascist than just taking out someone with some slight mental issue just
2: for the sake of it's fun for you. Yeah. It's uh that's, that's pretty fucking terrible. So, uh, Everyone's just kind of like, wow, uh, real nice. Um, so. Yeah,
1: his buddies think it's great, but Jesus fuck.
2: Well, those guys are going upstairs. Um, the blind, as that happens, the blind guy helps, uh, fix the rifle they have. So then mirror guy, those guys are coming up the stairs. He catches movement. So he shoots. The whiny guy, and he's like, oh, shit. The whiny guy falls backwards into the other guy. Uh, main hero takes the rifle, shoots the guy who's standing in the mirror, behind the mirror, in the head, killing him.
1: That was fucking amazing. So the blind guy knew what was wrong with the rifle by hearing how it misfired and tears it apart and fixes it and puts it back together and makes it to where he can shoot that dude in the bathroom through the head, like in one perfect shot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, really. I thought that was really, uh, really fucking cool. The thing thing that's
1: interesting, the side that you're supposed to be rooting for, which is the side that is against fascism. Just, I'm just going to say that the side that you're supposed to be rooting for in this film is against fascism, which you should be rooting for, right? Yeah, They all have these little moments where, They are basically super useful and effective for the survival of the whole of the group. They made sure that each member of the team had these little heroic moments like that. You know what I mean? And more so, they, they all had certain roles that they were specifically really good at doing and keeping track of. Like, the lady worked that mirror better than anybody and was able to get certain angles where she could actually follow them and see them where they were going way better than the dude was doing.
2: Yeah, they've all had uh, a job to do, and they all did their job really well. Yeah,
1: and they're surviving the night because they're working together as a team against fascism.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, to be against fascism, absolutely. Let's move on.
2: Yeah. I mean, we should all be against fascism. Uh, Fascism isn't good.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's definitely the message this film is putting out.
2: (laughs) Fascism bad.
1: I feel like this is like an attempt at edgelord humor in that if you don't think this way, fuck you, don't listen to my show.
2: Yeah, right. Listen, if you don't think fascism is bad, you shouldn't be listening to us. We're (laughs) not here for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're not the show for you at all. Absolutely.
2: No, no. No, we're the opposite. The asshole. He's gonna run away, but then he grabs that doorknob and it kills him. How and... Home Alone
1: actually should have been every time those guys touch something that should have burned their hand or whatever.
2: Yeah, something. I was hoping for more follies like that, but you know what? We got what we got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I kind of like the idea that the guys just push the door out of the way because they already broke it down, right? And they didn't grab the yeah. knob, but this time he just grabbed the knob in like some kind of a panic or whatever it was, or maybe he was gonna shut the door behind him or something and that ends up being his death like on the way out fleeing like a coward that's how that guy deserves to die
2: yes fuck him fuck fuck everyone who might like him
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes we've said that enough we can move on
2: it's his poor wife is now free
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is now a good day for her yes
2: yeah yeah everything's going pretty good for her she's she's pretty happy the only thing she has Um, to worry
1: about is the hefty bill of paying someone to remove all that barbed wire her husband put up before his death
2: now they they can take care of that later They'll, they'll she'll find it she'll be fine
1: There's bound to be somebody that would volunteer to clean up the neighborhood for her like that. Yeah,
2: like, oh, she's she's already got a new man in in bed anyway. It's all right. Everyone's happy.
1: (laughs) Wow, you're really extending the fantasy of this woman having a much better life. We should move on.
2: I want her to have a much better life. (laughs) I don't wish
1: ill for that character at all. I just think we're focusing in on this slightly more than we probably should.
2: Never. We're good. (laughs) So anyway, um, the group now thinks everything's over. Chuck's going to go to the hospital to get his hand checked. As he's leaving, we see the leaders out there, so of course we know it's not over, and Chuck gets strangled to death by the leader. Uh, so you kind of feel real bad for it was, Chuck because was, he, was, he was doing a good work. It
1: was still pretty quick the way that he gets choked out, but they do show at least somewhat of the idea of just how long it actually does take to strangle someone to death. I mean, yeah. it takes a really, really long time to strangle someone to death. Like, if you're going to strangle somebody to kill them, you are committed to their ultimate demise because it takes long enough to where, like, you really have to fucking work. It's exhausting.
2: Yeah. It's. It seems really tiring. Yeah, it's the best
1: cardio you will ever fucking get.
2: <laughs> my lawyer is advising
1: me to stop phrasing it this way.
2: How many lawyers is that again?
1: Uh, just one at this current moment is advising me to stop, but the uh, others are all shaking their head yes.
2: How many are those?
1: <laughs> Enough to make me listen. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new favorite response to that. <laughs>
2: Uh jesus christ
1: <laughs> but anyway the film does a really good job of actually portraying just how difficult it is to strangle someone and just how horrific of an experience it is the both the actors do an amazing job in that's in that scene they really do
2: yeah they uh, yeah it looked really good so yeah it was good for
1: them it was very brutal and very believable and quite horrific yeah and the the little knife trick that he has for that switchblade opening up how that failed and he couldn't quite yeah. reach for it and it's like that's like his last ditch effort you know
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, but it looks fucking cool
1: yeah there's um, the, the violence in this is we gotta say is really well filmed we haven't really spent a lot of time focusing in on it but the gunplay the the fights the bashing of clubs and things like that people throwing their bodies around at each other all of the fucking physicality in this is really well shot especially for an 80s film yeah I mean like I, I, these people were obviously giving their all because I don't it doesn't look like there were stunned people it looked like the actors were actually like putting their bodies on the line for a lot of this
2: yeah yeah it looked like uh, you know this was uh, probably a labor of love for a lot of these guys so
1: yeah and you definitely feel it it has that atmosphere to the show as well
2: yeah then we see danielle during this whole thing he was hiding because he was scared and the guy's like yeah uh, all of us too and they're all kind of drinking trying to you know enjoy themselves and well, not really enjoy themselves, but come down off of all the bad shit that happened. Um, we see the sniper snipers back up, but his scope isn't working the best. Uh, then we see uh, uh, the bad guy. He gets under the roof, looks down, finds where they had kept all the guy's guns. And so he stole their guns. The, the, he stole the guns back.
1: It's really cool to actually watch him pulling them up one by one. Real stealthy like, uh, you know, from the ceiling where they could be reached in Chester's apartment.
2: Yeah. The group figures out, you know, after talking for a while, they're like, OK, so you're telling me there was a whole nother guy in a black jacket because we didn't see him. And Daniel's like, yeah, that's. That's some real shit. There's there's somebody bad out there. Well he was they're also like, describing
1: right. how that's the guy that actually shot everybody in the bar and just killed yeah. them all execution style.
2: Yeah. So they're like, okay, so they are they try to leave, but then uh they the door gets is tied shut from the other side, so they can't get out so danielle's going to try to chop through the door and our main good guy is like i'm gonna go check around see what i can find he leaves there's a lot more stalking around this kind of feels like filler the amount of like snocking that's going around
1: yeah well the rest of the movie went at such a breakneck pace then to have one guy start wrecking all of these leftist dudes is kind of weird yeah right it it, yeah the pace just completely shifts and it's kind of hard to accept when it went such a breakneck frenetic pace they want us to slow down now i mean come on
2: yeah come on man you guys are killing us here
1: (laughs) but you know they got to make it to an hour 20 ish minutes you know
2: (laughs) yeah the blind guy he decides he's gonna go get help as he's up on the roof the sniper sees him and shoots him he's still alive but bleeding pretty bad. Um, as Danielle chops through the door, he can see Chuck's body outside of the door. So the lady was left with a knife. So she decides she's going to go looking about the place to try to find people. The sniper decides, fuck it, the scope just is not working well enough to stay here. So he gets up and leaves. Uh, as the lady's going through, she gets scared and stabs at a curtain. Well, isn't that lucky? Because that's where the fascist was hiding, the big boss man. He comes out all stabbed, but he's going to still get her. But then good guy comes out, shoots him. As they're hugging, the bad guy, still not dead, he's going to get a gun. But then Danielle comes out and hatches on him right in the neck see you later shit stain you're dead later on we see the snipers limping down the street during the next day then it cuts to a mom and their child playing catch with a ball it's 42 days later and the cops are all back and everything's back to normal but then we see the ball rose to a cop and we see it's the sniper because his face is all fucked up he is a cop roll credits Just in case
1: you didn't get the point, the film shows you that those that work forces are the same ones that burn crosses.
2: (laughs) Well, they are, Uh, you know, most (laughs) of the time. That's what statistics show.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a sad state of affairs when it's still happening to this day. But I would actually submit to you that the point is at least people are aware of it and acknowledging it and trying to stop it this day.
2: Yeah, maybe not enough people, but at least some more than what we had before.
1: Right. Well, the point is that it's been made more publicly known and it can't hide like it used to in this day and age when this film would have probably been seen as, you know, some kind of propaganda bullshit even then, probably.
2: Yeah, right. So, but. And you know they're probably assholes who would watch this movie thinking the the good guys were the other guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're the kind of people that we like to say miss the point.
2: Yeah, big time. Same people who listened to Rage back then, loved it, listened to see and then hear Rage talk about hating some people, you know, hating these fascists now and going, wait, I didn't get that. What? <laughs> what happened? Because they never really listened to Rage.
1: All right, I want to actually talk about the film itself and some of the production stuff. The entirety yeah. of this film was shot in fourteen days. Wow! Apparently, all of the guns in the film are actually real
2: that they used. Whether or not they, I don't think they were
1: firing live rounds or anything like that, but they're all very much real
2: guns. Okay, <laughs> seems scary to me.
1: Yeah, they're very utilitarian and very functional, like military-style weaponry. In a lot of that would have had to have weapons. been, yeah.
2: Nerve wracking. Well,
1: a lot of movies use live guns with dummy rounds or no rounds yeah. at all. That's true. That happens quite a bit, and there's usually a armor or like a I forget what the specific name is, it but there's a person there on set who checks the gun, checks all of the all of the fake bullets that are supposed to go in it to be fired for a scene that are just supposed to be shooting the paper wads or whatever they are in the half the load just to make it sound like the guns firing for film. You know, those are supposed to handle it. They're the final person to handle it before it goes into the actor's hands. Everything is checked for safety and all of that kind of stuff. And there's a way to use guns and for it to be safe. So to say that all the guns in the film. Were used were real, is you know, especially in the 80s, not that like unheard of, you know what I okay. mean? you know, yeah, and there were still safety precautions that you would hope that they would have had on this set of this low budget film. But the question is for a film that's shot in 14 days, how did they have access to that many guns that easily?
2: Um, probably somebody owns some guns,
1: <laughs> it is Canada after all,
2: it is, <laughs>
1: but they use their guns to make movies about how fascists should be smashed,
2: yeah, it, it, we don't want to blame Canada. For this,
1: (laughs) no, I really dug this film, and I really dug the either whether it's obviously a socio-political message or one that I'm reading too much into it in this film. I love what they did. I don't
2: think so. There's a pretty strong message in this. I (laughs) mean, that's (laughs) all right. That's not. That's neither here nor there. I agree with the strong message. There's I, some message.
1: In this. I have been accused of reading too much into movies, way more than I possibly should. And you have, and and no, I, I, I,
2: I do I, that. I, I'm not going to lie to you. You have. Yeah, uh, I do but, that.
1: I definitely do that.
2: And it's all, but clear. not this time. Yeah, it's. All- I think this time you're you're kind of dead on right now. <laughs> all
1: right. So uh, I I just I really enjoyed this movie, man. It was a brutal watch, yeah. and it was really tough to get through.
2: It was t- it was a tough watch, but you you you. You did it anyway. You know, you, you, this is a kind of an important watch to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For a 1983 film, it is. It's a really, imp- I do. I agree. It's a kind of an important film because it's still prescient to this fucking day. And I think people should give it a shot. And even though we've told you everything that's happened, and if you still haven't watched it yet, and if you think you can brave those homophobic slurs that we're talking about, um, yeah. it's definitely worth your time. And the people that are being homophobic are the bad guys. They're yes, n- there's no, so
2: you at least have that.
1: Yeah. There's no one that is portraying any homophobic characteristics involved in the hair heroism in this film the closest yes. the closest is when one guy repeats a phrase that the fascists were using to basically point out to the other character no we shouldn't give this guy up but the way they said it is in such a way as to shame them even further for even suggestion maybe they should just let the fascists take the guy you know yeah, I mean? yeah. you know what i mean that's the only time no, i hear, hear even a slightly homophobic phrase but I don't think they meant it in a homophobic way. I think it's just that he said it just because the other guys were saying it or something along those lines. Because he clearly doesn't treat anybody there like less than a person. He actually seems like he wants to protect and take care of all of these other people, even above himself. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It, just that kind of character. So, And just the way that they all work together, the fucking, like you said, Home Alone-esque traps that they set to take some of these guys out. The gun violence is really well filmed. All the violence is really well filmed. The physical altercations that happen between these people feel super fucking real. And yes. it's just hyper-brutal, hyper-realistic, and it's got a really fucking strong sociopolitical message just buried into all that action. Where, yes, you could probably miss it if you wanted to, but if you just wanted to sit back and read into it a little bit, you absolutely don't have to work too hard to get where this movie's standing. And I thoroughly yeah. fucking enjoyed it. This was a great watch for me.
2: This is a really, this is a, an important movie to watch.
1: Well, you don't say that very often, so it must have really hit a really good message with or it, feeling. Well, for it you. did
2: because it's it's a message that's still being played out today. Yeah, you are not wrong. I'm not disagreeing. We didn't change with you. much.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you at all, at all, my man. I'm just saying, like, I, I just it always amazes me whenever you make that declarative statement because you fucking mean it when you do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's important.
1: <laughs> well, that's great, man. Uh do you have anything else you want to say about the film or should we move on and maybe do a quick news story and call it a day? I-
2: i think we should move it on do a story and call it a day
1: yeah like i said it's a rough watch but siege is worth your time and it does have some great entertainment value if nothing else you get to watch fascists die in really interesting ways
2: yeah the beginning's rough but then you get to watch fascists die and that's always fun all
1: right we're gonna take a break here we're gonna play the damned with the song neat 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 and the lyrics kind of go along with the socio-political message if you really listen and when we come back we will have some psyop news super fast for some of you out there and you're going to have a hard time getting it but if you could hear and you could understand the lyrics there is a little bit of that same socio-political message in neat 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 by the damn that is in this film siege
2: awesome there you go
1: (laughs) well let's see if we can get them something fun and something a little less socio-political message in our News.
2: This one comes from my wife. Uh-oh. Mrs. <laughs> um, FBI found horrific Frankenstein-like experiment at body donation facility in Arizona. Everyone will be coming on my face. FBI agents stumbled upon a house of horrors after raiding a body donation company in Arizona, discovering a warehouse containing a refrigerator filled with penises, buckets of limbs, pools of blood, and a human head sewn onto another body in a Frankenstein manner. This is like traces of death fucked to porno. The Biological Resource Center in Phoenix, a for-profit business that assists with people with donating their bodies to science, was raided by the FBI in January 2014 as part of a nationwide criminal investigation. New court documents of the civil lawsuit against the BRC have now revealed more grueling details of the investigation. There is Republic and ABC15 Arizona Report. your bloodshed boner lasts more than four hours, he had done. <laughs> the uh, former owner to kick of the shame BCR you for the stabbing fetish. Okay. But- Wow, this is the appropriate name. The former owner of the BCR, Stephen Gore, pleaded guilty <laughs> to one count of illegal control of an, uh, of an enterprise in 2015. That's my fetish. And received fetish. a sentence of four years probation. That's my Property fetish. Now faces a civil lawsuit set to trial in October 21st, 2019. At least three. So this is a past article, of course. At least 33 plaintiffs are suing the body broking business, alleging that remains you of their family down. members were obtained through false statements in their body. Bodies were not stored, treated, or disposed of appropriately. Former FBI agent Mark Siner stated that he saw various unsettling scenes at the BRC in Phoenix, including numerous dead bodies that appeared to have been played with as a morbid joke. One of the most shocking scenes he witnessed I have, was a small woman's <laughs> head.
1: I have no fucking clips for like this stuff. There's some necrophilia jokes, but this kind of like reanimator Herbert West bullshit that's going on in this news article. I got nothing for this.
2: <laughs> uh, one of the most shocking scenes he witnessed was a small woman's head sewn onto a large male body Don't like Frankenstein that was then hung up on the wall. And the court documents cited rail. the Arizona Republic uh, cited oh. by the Arizona Republic also contained a price list for the various body parts. Whole body <laughs> with no shoulders or head $2900 Torso with a head, twenty-four hundred. Whole spine, nine fifty. Whole leg, eleven hundred. Whole foot, four fifty. A knee, three seventy-five, and a pelvis, four hundred. Apparently, if you According buy a the body Rutgers without a head, In-
1: it's a much better deal than the other parts.
2: <laughs> According to the Reuters investigation for 2017, the Arizona-based BRC received donations from over five thousand people and distributed more than twenty thousand body parts. To a number of unknown research facilities or medical training programs. After raiding the warehouse in 2014, agents discovered 10 tons of frozen human remains, including 281 heads, 241 soldier, so- soldiers, soldiers,
1: soldiers, yeah,
2: 337 legs and 97 spines. Quote, I couldn't sleep at night after seeing that. Matthew Parker, a former agent who raided the warehouse and retired after suffering post-traumatic stress disorder after the case, told Reuters.
1: I wonder fucking why. Jesus Christ.
2: It looked like a junkyard chop shop where they were just ripping things apart. Emily Glenn, who interned at the lab in 2013, also spoke to Reuters about her experience at BRC over the course of the internship. She said that she dismembered numerous bodies. Uh, Without any formal training or instruction. She even claims to have decapitated an elderly woman with what looked and sounded like a chainsaw from Home Depot. (laughs) Wow. The body-broking industry remains remarkable, remarkably unregulated in the U.S., especially in Arizona. Until a new law was passed in 2017, body donation no companies in Arizona didn't even require a state license to practice their business. So, holy shit.
1: That's fucking grim and dark. Thanks.
2: Yeah, you're welcome, everyone. You were supposed to cheer everybody up. <laughs> no. <laughs> you were supposed to bring balance to the force, Matt. That's not that's that's not what happens here that's there's no more news like that there's no more cheery news anymore there is cheery
1: news out there somewhere somewhere a fucking cat is being taken care of by a koala or some shit man it's you're just not finding it you're purposely bringing us down to the level of fucking hate and self-loathing that you're at
2: Welcome to destruction. <laughs> Population, all of us, motherfuckers.
1: This is very Republican of you, where you're like, I am currently suffering, therefore everyone else must suffer. Therefore,
2: for everyone. It's not that I'm trying to make everyone suffer. It's just I'm currently suffering, so all the things I look for are suffrage. <laughs> hurt people hurt people, Matt. Hurt people hurt people. People helping people. People hurt people hurt people hurt people <laughs>
1: it's a vicious fucking cycle let's move on we're gonna play the ending legion show promo and uh we're gonna play a little bit of sam hayne after that with well they just call it all hell but
3: it's the song all hell breaks loose originally played by the misfits right after this if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast Duncan and Bo Come Correct Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast Friday the 13th Gets Slayed The Hell Mean Power Hour Hello This is the Doom Show Hero Hero Ghost Show Kill the Cast Underwater Kaiju From Outer Space Jerry Hates Action Legion After Dark Mental Health Obsessive Cinema Discourse Pick Six Movies The Podcast By the Cemetery The Podcast On Haunted Hill The Psycho Semantic Podcast Rick Radio House of Wax Dude Looks Like the 80s
1: Sam Samhain on the Pirate Radio Edit with All Hell Breaks Loose. I know the holiday is actually pronounced Samhain, but the band itself, I'm pretty sure still pronounces it "Sam Samhain, folks.
2: Well, that's good for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're pronouncing it wrong, and I'm just repeating their bad habit, I suppose, is what I'm getting at. Or at least...
2: Well, maybe, th- maybe that's just how they wanted to make the word sound. <laughs> I, I don't... Words don't have to control us, Court. Not anymore.
1: <laughs> I would hope certain words could control you, like stop.
2: Never. Well, I mean it depends if it's you telling me to stop annoying you never
1: (laughs) well that's fair if you'd like to find all the previous 369 nice instances where matt has fucking irritated me on this show all of those are available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast jesus christ man we can't add any more dashes to that url please no
2: there's way too many dashes i think i heard a niner in there
1: (laughs) once again making that tommy boy reference like you did last week
2: got to.
1: It's important. <laughs> it's the only thing that you're living
2: for these days. It's, it's all I have, man. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I'm not trying to take it from you.
1: <laughs> the easiest place and the best place to find me currently is in the Legion Discord chat. I believe our man Gary Hill from the Cinema Beef, also known as the Butcher Shop Podcast, because <laughs> he put all of his podcasts together under one brand of the Butcher Shop, so yeah. it's the Butcher Shop now. But he's joined uh, very recently. I saw, I've saw. i been chatting with Gary there on Legion, and Matt's there once so far but he may show up again we'll see
2: i do weird things man all right <laughs> when i have time
1: yeah he accepts messages and then ghosts people for years upon time just
2: as, deal as, as of right now my time is very limited yes
1: that is absolutely true matt is a very very busy very very stressed out man at this current point
2: yes life uh life's weird <laughs>
1: One of the places that we can try and make your life a little bit better, especially when you're working all the goddamn time, is our cinema underscore psyops Instagram, where thrice daily during my working day, I will post memes for the working person.
2: Gotta get them memes, man. The memes will help you feel good about yourself. If you're toiling
1: and struggling to survive, you count as a working person in my book, and those memes are for you.
2: Yeah, memes for the working people.
1: Also, if you're just a fan of the show, I will then go ahead and share them to our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, via our Facebook page, also titled Cinema Psyops, which is actually probably a smart thing to do when you're podcast podcast is called Psyops.
2: I would think so, yes.
1: You can also reach me on Facebook as Psyops because that is where I've had occasionally. And then, of course, everybody knows my email, Court at gmail.com. I usually make some kind of a reference to some kind of weird diatribe that you're going to write, and then I will not read or will read and then not respond to, or something along those lines that I'm trying to be funny, but Matt just wants to get the fuck out of here this week, so kick the fuck out of this week and look <laughs> at your bit.
2: Start recording on your side. Yeah. Uh, I am recording. One, two, three. Hey, fuckers. Religious bullshit. God's not real. Jesus. (laughs) It's like my
1: favorite quote of you. (laughs) It's my favorite clip to pull that, like, is kind of the opposite of how you feel, or at least it used to be at the time when I pulled the clip. (laughs) <laughs> Skype's trying to make me update, but I'm going to tell it no. Yeah. I'm on the line, Skype. You can fuck off now. <laughs> all right, so there's three total clips from Siege? Yep. All right, and Siege is totally the movie that you did. You got all the stuff that I was talking about. What do you mean? The rampant homophobia and all the... Oh, God, yeah,
2: yeah that's why there's only three clips.
1: Yeah, I was trying to uh, give you a forewarning up front, so... Yeah. All right, uh, I got all the clips, and I've got the music for the week, and uh, I've got the clips show stuff, because we may move through this one quick, too. I don't know how... This is gonna go, so we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> but let's just rock and roll right now. Here we go. Um, Jesus, man, Skype is making my computer go crazy. <laughs> I don't know, just like a bunch of stuff just started opening on its own, including the app store. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm just gonna shut off the keyboard thing and hope that helps. I think that's what's doing it. All right, hang on. Okay, <clears throat> three, two, one,
0: but just two bullets, hollow point. Great. Didn't you have a whole box? Chester shot him at the police station the first night of the strike. Yeah, and we can make a flamethrower. Like lovable shoot
1: scam right shooting budget. up the police station on a strike.
2: Oh, Chester. Boys will be boys. So he leaves. And. Uh, sorry, I'm exhausted. Since Let's see here. Yeah, I'm just fucking. I'm lost for
1: I thought you were Psyop. I'm Psyops. Mrs. Psyops would be my wife.
2: Uh, oh, this is Mrs. Psyop. <laughs> However, you want to do it.
1: Matt just wants to get the fuck out of here this week. So kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch.
2: Well done. That's a way to end it.
1: <laughs> Still recording?
2: I was. And now, just like my future, I'm done. Wow. Jesus. <laughs>